they got in our network Christmas Eve. And ironically, these organizations know when businesses are open and closed and school districts, and at least in the state of Texas and probably across the country, are closed for a week or two over, over the holidays. It was determined that they got on one of our servers on, on Christmas Eve and they were just putting their feelers out and so forth. And we, we got word of it on February 7th. And so we gathered the troops, pulled pretty much an all-nighter that night where we were um, able to ultimately stop the control and command of what the Royal Group was trying to uh, target. Mobile workforces, cloud applications, and digitalization are changing every aspect of the modern enterprise. And with radical transformation come new business risks. Welcome to Hybrid Identity Protection, the premier podcast for cybersecurity pros charged with defending hybrid identity environments. Presented by Semperis, the pioneers of identity-driven cyber resilience for the hybrid enterprise. And now, here's your host, 15-time Microsoft MVP and Active Directory security expert, Sean Duby. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HIP Podcast. Planning for incident response has unfortunately become an essential task for IT professionals and cybersecurity professionals. It's not a stretch, though, to believe that they spend much more time thinking about incident response and wondering what it might be like to work through an incident. My guest today is B.J. Welsh of the Carrollton Farmers Branch Independent School District in North Texas. He recently spoke at the Sempris User Conference about his experience working through a cyber attack at the beginning of this year and the lessons that the school district has taken away from the experience. Welcome, BJ. Thank you, Sean. So why don't you introduce yourself, describe your role uh, at the school district? Yeah, my name is BJ Welsh. I'm the Executive Director of Technology for the Carrollton Farmers Branch School District. We are a school district of about 25,000 students and about 4,000 staff members. Um, We're K-12. We have 24 elementaries, five high schools, six middle schools, and um, several service centers and administration uh, type buildings in our district. Your school districts like uh, DISD, Houston, um, San Antonio, Austin, they're considerably larger than us, but we're considered a medium-sized school district in the state of Texas. What about your IT infrastructure? We have four people on our service desk. Uh, I refer to them as our frontline of defense for our technology department. They um, answer phone calls from uh, staff, students, parents, um, respond to uh, emails and instant messaging type notifications. We also have five network engineers, which that I've referred to as the wizards behind the curtain. They are responsible for keeping our entire network up and operational. Then we have our boots on the ground folks to where we have 16 computer technicians that are assigned to three or four different campuses out in our district. And they're responsible for everything technology related um, at 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 those campuses. Um, We are a one-to-one district, um, which means we provide a a device for every student pre-K through 12th. Um, Pre-K through first grade, we give iPads to, and second grade through 12th, we give a Chromebook device to. What about your uh, Active Directory infrastructure? We are on-prem with our Active Directory. 
We are currently on-prem with our exchange, but looking at migrating to 0365. We have a fairly new technology center that we've been in for about the last two, two and a half years. We moved in during uh, COVID. We're very fortunate. We have state-of-the-art network equipment, VMware environment, um, Cisco on the back end um, from a networking route switch firewall perspective. And uh, we have 40 gigs of internet bandwidth, two 20 gig ISPs that we leverage for all of our staff and students to be able to access the curriculum out in the cloud. So you have an on-premises Active Directory. Uh, how many domain controllers do you have? We have approximately eight domain controllers. Right. Okay. And you had mentioned you're evaluating uh, moving exchange to Office 365 Exchange Online. Do you have a hybrid, a hybrid footprint right now? No, we do not. Right. Okay. So you're you're pretty much on-prem, but you're evaluating uh, your next steps in that direction. Correct. So why don't you describe sort of the, the, the beginnings or the underpinnings of all of this back, uh, as you described to me at our user conference back in Austin in the fall of last year? Sure. Um, on February 7th, about 5.30 in the evening, I, I received a call from uh, Region 10, um, Homeland Security, and Texas DIR. And I'll piece those three different entities together. Um, Region 10, because we're part of the consortium with Region 10 and in, in, in the school in the state of Texas, um, particular regional centers help support school districts in many different ways. Uh, maybe one regional center will specify specialize in E-rate. Maybe another one will specialize in cybersecurity. Maybe another one um, with uh, fiber, part of a consortium. Our Region 10, we're part of the Region 10 consortium. So our, our internet goes comes from Region 10, which is uh, a Zayo connection. So this is a state of Texas infrastructure, this Region 10? Correct. Okay. Yep. And Region 10 is basically responsible for all this, help support all the ISDs from um, up and down 35. Um, if you're on the east side of 35, um, up in the DFW area, you're more than likely going to be Region 10, going all the way up to the uh, Sherman-Denison area. If you're on the west side of 35, our, our neighboring school district, Louisville ISD, they're actually Region 11 because they're on, they're, they, they reside on the west side of 35. So there, there, there's boundaries that dictate um, where the regional center, service centers are. And this is an artifact of the Texas uh, DIR is what is, can you describe what the DIR is? Yeah, the Texas DIR is, they're, they're pretty much responsible for everything uh, cybersecurity related in the state of Texas um, in, our, in our school systems. So I mentioned earlier that um, I got a call from them as well from Homeland Security Region 10. Homeland Security was involved because um, about two years ago, we signed up with Homeland Security to provide free penetration tests on our, on our network. So they were very familiar with our IP scheme and so forth, and they provided uh, monthly reports to us on vulnerabilities. So like I said, I received that phone call, that dreaded phone call. It was discussed that there were uh, fingerprints of the Royal Group that was in our network. Again, this call was on February 7th. No data had been had been compromised. Uh, there had been no ransom or anything at this point, just that they've detected fingerprints in, of Royal in our network. They got in our network Christmas Eve. And ironically, these organizations know 
when businesses are open and closed and school districts, and at least in the state of Texas and probably across the country, are closed for a week or two over, over the holidays. It was determined that they got on one of our servers on, on Christmas Eve and they were just putting their feelers out and so forth. And we, we got word of it on February 7th. And so we gathered the troops, pulled pretty much an all-nighter that night where we were um, um, able to ultimately stop the control and command of what the Royal Group was trying to uh, target. We uh, isolated the networks. We were very fortunate because um, we had learned about Sempris at the TETL conference the previous year. TETL conference is the Texas Education of Technology Leaders. And in November of October, November of 2022 is, is when we started standing up uh, Sempris from a proactive perspective. So that night of the, the call, I had Ross Perry, who is our, one of our senior network engineers, immediately get on the phone with uh, Sempris engineers and start locking down, in, as they were already doing, locking down certain aspects of our active directory. We ran Purple Night in the very beginning uh, determine where a lot of our vulnerabilities were, and we had a lot of those uh, locked up. But Ross, um, working with the Sempris engineers, was very, very beneficial. Um, I had another engineer that was that was working on um, Cisco-related um, firewall stuff. I had an, another engineer working on uh, servers. So we 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 whiteboarded out and divided and conquered to where we were, um, we we relied on uh, our cybersecurity specialists. I say we were lucky because not only did we have Sempris already installed and ready to go, we were in a pilot with uh, CrowdStrike. Um, And we were able to blow um, through SCCM CrowdStrike out to um, all of our computers in in a matter of an hour. So that helped us from a cybersecurity perspective. We were able to, to collect all that data and we were able to stop the control and command that the, this particular organization was trying to uh, gather intel on. So this particular group, I believe we mentioned, was determined to be the Royal Group. And, and you told me before our conversation here that you were, you know, as you have described, you were able to do the this containment while keeping their command and control open. Is that correct? That's correct. We didn't want to just go in and just cut them off immediately because when when you cut them off immediately, it, it sends up, a it's raising the, the red flag that they know something is is up, that there may be uh, onto, onto them. And then at that point, they are able to execute the, uh, the, the potential of a ransomware attack. We segmented them on. We, we knew that the, the, the computers and the servers that were uh, beaconing per se, and we allowed them to continue uh, beaconing um, only out to that, actually the, the beaconing uh, IPs that it was trying to hit. We continued to allow that until we were able to get some additional strategies and some additional uh, technologies in place to, to be able to uh, combat this. You mentioned that you were alerted by DHS that you know they had seen unusual in, in activity in your environment because they, you were part of a program that does regular scans of your, of your environment. Can you describe that program a little bit more, what it's all about? Yeah, it's a, it's a penetration test. And um, basically, it's, it's a, a free program that Homeland Security provides to K-12 um, school districts um, across the country. I don't know if they still do, but at the, at the point that they did. 
and we gave them our um, our IP addresses, our external IP addresses. We signed up for the uh, vulnerability scans, and they provided us monthly basis um, vulnerabilities that we had in our network that we were able to um, combat and to plug and maybe to shut down some old servers where there were some vulnerabilities. A lot of school districts aren't aware that they, they provide this, but um, they provide it to school districts. And it's, it's a good thing that we had signed up for it because if, if we did not have that information, we probably could be, we would probably be in a different situation than we are today. Exactly. That's what you're talking about being fortunate. You're also, you are fortunate, but you are also prepared with their ability to do this regular pen testing. Even with that, that's a dwell time of about 40 days before the notification. So fortunately, they didn't turn around and attack immediately upon initial access. I don't suppose you remember the name of the DHS program. No, I do not. Okay. But still, that's great information to do for interested parties from this recording that are part of school districts to to look a little more into yep absolutely i would i'd highly encourage anybody that uh any any cto or director of technology that is in a school district to uh investigate dhs and how they can help support school districts certainly what made the news in north texas was the fact that the city of dallas was broader than the independent school district right yes they were badly hit by it and it and i an article just came out four days ago in the Dallas Morning News uh, detailing, relaying what the city of Dallas gave out about about the attack, saying that it was also the royal group in this situation. Yes, unfortunately, uh, my heart goes out to uh, the city of Dallas and in any organization, any K-12 school district, we've had other school districts in and around the Dallas-Fort Worth area, around the state, and for that matter, from coast to coast across our, our country. Um, and school districts are vulnerable. Um, a couple of reasons why they're vulnerable is, 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 is one, um, these organizations, these, these groups feel like that not enough attention is paid to, to cybersecurity. In a lot of cases, that, that's true. Um, that's correct. Um, but another reason is um, student information. There's nothing more valuable than a kindergartner, first grade or second grade's PII. They can sit they gather that information. They get that information. They can literally sit on it for 5, 10, 15 years. At that particular time, nobody realizes that anything had ever taken place. And then when that student turns 18, 19, 20 years old, all of a sudden they have hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt. So that's one of the reasons why school districts are, are hit is for to get gather student information um, it's also uh, to, to get parent information as well, because um, we have uh, school districts have to gather uh, um, certain types of uh, parent information that in many cases is, is PII and uh, to register for schools. School districts are very technology forward thinking in, in a lot of senses, um, the credit card payments. So um, there's a lot of information that needs to continue to be kept secure from a from a k-12 school district perspective it is a a perfect target for threat actors for many reasons most of which you describe both the the value of the data and depending on the school district the relative security and um 
workload of the staff. The um, the article in the, the morning news said that um, it lists they listed the city of Dallas listed at least seventeen systems that were down at some point during the ransomware attack, including city fax and print services, police surveillance cameras, public safety file sharing the building permitting system, library management services, fire station alerts systems, police and fire mobile data computers, court-ordered warrant management systems, and the e-pay systems for residents to pay their water bills and bills from other departments. So they are spending a lot of time climbing out of this, which sounds like the same threat actor group that targeted you a little bit later in the year. Do you have any big takeaways from from your experience um, that that uh, Carrollton Farmers Branch is is now doing differently or beefing up or changing? Yes, we're doing all the above. We were very fortunate in um, in, in May. We went to our board, and our board was very gracious take a special uh, lead role in enhancing our cybersecurity in our school district, and um, we've been able to put a lot of additional security measures. Uh, in place internally and, and externally. Sempris is one of those products and will continue um, to try bleed the leading edge in from a cybersecurity perspective in our in our school district in order to keep our, our staff, students, and our, our families as, as safe as possible. Well, thank you, BJ. Thanks for your time. And it's great to hear the story. Of course, it's it's you know, scary to hear the story, but it's great to hear that the story ended well for you and for Carrollton Farmers Branch, and of course, for all of your parents and students involved. Well, thank you very much for having me, Sean, and um, it was great visiting with you today. Thanks for joining us on the Hybrid Identity Protection Podcast with Sean Doobie. Be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Visit hipconf.com, that's H-I-P-C-O-N-F.com to learn about upcoming events, view expert presentations, and take part in the conversation.